0: Today's episode of The Thriller Zone with David Temple is sponsored by The Story Factory and the visionary genre-bending debut novel Grand Theft AI by James Cox. The Matrix meets Blade Runner. Grand Theft AI is available now for pre-order from your favorite bookseller. And welcome to The Thriller Zone. I'm your host, David Temple. And on today's 106th episode, I am happy to welcome Lisa Ballantyne. Lisa is the power behind The Guilty One, Little Liar, Once Upon a Lie, Good Bad Love, and her latest, The Innocent One. Please welcome one of the masters of psychological thrillers, Lisa Valentine, on The Thriller Zone. Yes, how are you, Lisa?
1: Not too bad. How are you?
0: I am splendid. I am uh, spectacular. I just got back to uh, San Diego from the frozen mountains of Tahoe, Lake Tahoe.
1: Oh, wow. And what a, are we being up there or?
0: i just hanging out, writing, you know.
1: Nice. Well, thank you for having me.
0: Oh, my pleasure. I've been looking forward to this for some time and we're going to talk about The Innocent One. And this is where I usually hold up the book and go, we're going to talk about this. <laughs> Here's what I'm going to do. Let's see if I can. I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to insert the picture later. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about we'll talk about the innocent one here in a few moments. But let me put this down. Mm-hmm. But let's do this. How about we get to know you just a little bit? I know we don't have a whole lot of time, but I like to know you know what what you're up to, where where you get your influences, what. Uh, what influences your particular style? Who are some of your favorites? Just to, so I can get to know you, because I can go to your website and read, oh, Lisa this and Lisa that, but this is what's really kind of cool.
1: Um, well, I've been writing for a long time. Um, I'm quite well-traveled, you know. I've um, uh, lived overseas and traveled, you know, to all the continents, Middle East, Africa. Um, and um, I think... Partly my writing's been informed by travelling and and, um, uh, meeting different people from different cultures because I really don't ever write what I know. Um, So that's one thing. I'm always reaching outside myself towards um, something else in some other situation. And that's true as well of the innocent one. Um, Another thing about writing is um, I always tend to deal with difficult subject matter <laughs> and, um, you know, trying to shine a light onto dark corners. So I think often these are kind of challenging subject matters that that um, readers um, um, struggle with and, and everyone in, in society we struggle with, but they're the things that I'm really drawn to to try and unpick in my book. So I, I think that's kind of a, a little bit why... Um, I I write the books that I do Um, and in terms of influences, oh wow, you know, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't say that any of the the novelists and, and books that I, that I tend to read directly influenced my work um but you know I'm a huge fan of um Margaret Atwood um Elizabeth Strout Joyce Carol Oates Michael Ondaatje, uh Toni Morrison you know these 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 authors who um yeah they've they've written some some thrillers in their time but they're they're perhaps not not known as as thriller writers
0: Yeah. That's really good. uh, A great starting point, launching point, because that's what I took from you. There's a couple of things. First of all, you're talking about travels and, and your sense of place. One of my favorite things, one of your sense of place, very clear that you've spent time in a lot of different climates, for instance, and locations. And the way you paint those pictures, I'm kind of a nut for those things. And your style, like the people that you mentioned, the artists that you mentioned are very literary. You're very uh, literary by nature, and that's the that's a great compliment, by the way. And just great. Uh, what's the great word? Rich, dense, chewy is another word I like.
1: <laughs>
0: <clears throat> but you know, looking at your book, and I'm glad you brought up uh, about the darkness because I let me look at it real quick. Yeah, I don't see a lot of unicorns and rainbows in there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. Um, so this this um, story is um, about a little boy who was on trial for murder for killing another another child, and now um, ten years have passed and he's grown up. So it's really looking at um, the potential for change in an individual, and also um, if if someone has um, committed a crime. Can they atone for it? Can they? Can they change? Can they become a different person?
0: The guilty one was your. Let me see. Wait a minute. Uh, debut. Yeah, that was your debut, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what Lee Child calls a terrific debut. And if you can get Lee Child, who knows a little something about writing? Yes.
1: Yeah, I say- saw him. I was at the um, the Edgars, um, and he was there, and I saw him across the room, and he's so tall. You know, it's very. It's very easy to to spot him, but I didn't get a chance to to thank him in person because that was that was very generous of him indeed.
0: Yeah, that's uh, as a lot of the conversations that I have on this show that uh, that kind of a blurb, uh, and it's it goes much longer than that. But that it, um, a terrific debut is the shortened version of that. To have that accolade can just send you into the atmosphere if you're if it's time right you know
1: oh absolutely absolutely um i was i was i was very grateful that he took the time to to read and an quote
0: and as we're looking back at your uh, litany of books I, there's f- five of them I'm assuming out here let's start off with so the guilty one has no book that like you know that one line pitch on the cover but let me give you an idea folks if if you're not superlatively familiar with lisa valentine Little liar, um, two sides of the truth. And I'm going to make, I'm going to get to a point real quick. Once upon a lie, the line is the truth can hurt, but a lie can hurt more. Good, bad love. There's a fine line between good and bad. Love that one. And then the innocent one, the child accused of murder. Who did he become? So back to your comment about darkness. And I, I find it such a I'm assuming, and I have not read all of your work, but I'm assuming that a lot of your time uh, and research is spent dealing with, it feels like, hurt children, untruths, uh, lies being a prevailing theme throughout, right?
1: Yeah, very much so. I think Kim, um, there's there's quite a strong theme of nature and nurture running through all my books, and about um, yeah, um, difficult childhoods and what that creates, what the um, what the outcomes of that are, both both positive and negative, um, for the people involved. Um, and and the other thing is that the 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 books I think are are all very much because well that where well, they're all psychological thrillers they're all very much i would say why done it's rather than who done it so it's it's almost trying to uncover the reasons why bad things happen um rather than just um who's who's the murderer that that kind of idea
0: um now i've been around a little while but i've never heard that phrase before and i really like it a why done it instead of a who done it
1: <laughs> Yeah. It's maybe maybe um, in the UK we say it a bit more. I feel like it's um it's become it's become quite well used here now. But um I think I that I've always thought that was true about my novels, um, that you know quite often the the plot is turned about so that so that you're not necessarily guessing who committed the crime, but trying to really understand why it happened in the first place and 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 um what what's happened to the characters as a result?
0: And what I love is when you dive into multiple points of view, and then you uh, lead the reader on this journey that f- makes you feel as though, oh, I'm going to figure out who did it, and then maybe you even get to that point. But back to your phrase that I'm I'm going to abuse now throughout the rest of the show is finding out why they did it. Because what did I, I was on the show recently with. <clears throat> um, Joe Kenda, and he has a TV show on, in, uh, investigation discovery, and it has to do with homicide hunters and the, and he's talking about a book, uh, thriller killers. And what I find fascinating and he referenced is we all have the propensity somewhere, somehow to be a killer. Now we're not all born killers. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that you don't know, um, you don't wake up one day going, "Oh yeah, you know what? I think I'm going to go kill someone." But you can be pushed into a corner in the heat of the moment, and then you find out, "Oh, maybe I am that person."
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that's true. And, and beyond that as well, um, there are is the opposite situation where maybe you've been given a grounding in life, um, a, a very difficult, challenging grounding in life. Maybe experiencing a, a lot of violence and abuse which may predicate you towards um, becoming violent in your, your adulthood, but it doesn't necessitate that. So it's kind of exploring about all those borders that we cross as human beings as we develop and um, and, and, and how we, we manage to get, get rid of the darkness in our own lives.
0: And sometimes we're good at that and sometimes we're not. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> one of you did one of my favorite things in the whole world. <clears throat> and if we had the time and I read a lot of books, Lisa, I, I read two, sometimes three books a week.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm always curious as I pick up the book, I often won't read the the blurb on it, the jacket cover. I often won't do that because I don't want, I don't want, any, I don't want to know anything I want to just jump off the diving board and into it and see, you know, what you're going to surprise me with, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to read the opening line of this book for my audience. Yep. Because it is so dang good. So here it is. Frankie walked to work enjoying the early morning air, unaware that today was the day she was going to die. Okay. You start with that you you're not going to go oh you, that was a that was a good I'm going to sit this down for now and I'm going to go grab some tea or lunch or something <laughs> how many times come on tell us between us girls how many times did you fight edit tweak go back and forth or did you out of the clear blue one day go I've got the opening line
1: yeah i think with i think with that um I, I, it did just, it just, just came out like that, um, because the, the, um, the thing with the, in, the guilty one and the innocent one, unlike some of my other novels with multiple viewpoints, they're all written from a, a, a solo point of view, which is the, the, the point of view of the criminal solicitor Daniel, um, who is reprimand, representing. Um, Sebastian who was once on trial for murder and so the entire book is written through his perspective but um realizing that at the beginning of the book uh, a woman a woman dies um I didn't want that to be um from his perspective because I thought after that she'd just be a dead body you know right. that whole thing about sort of another another dead woman in a book and I really wanted in a very short Brief prologue to give us an understanding of who she was as a person. And, um, you know, just to, to let us get the feeling for her. So that that prologue I did write quite quickly. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to you for saying that about the, the first line, but I don't think I did agonize over it terribly much because I was just tr- trying to focus on giving us a little snapshot of this woman, Frankie, um, before she unfortunately dies. Yes. And so that's really what I was trying to do there.
0: Um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I just returned from uh, Lake Tahoe where I got to work on my own uh, piece of work, finally. I mean, I've been doing the shows for quite some time. And I have found that one of the best, this is, I don't know if this is silly or not, I, I don't really care, one of the best things I can do to stimulate my brain. Well, there's two things. One is to escape to a location that is unlike anything that I'm usually hanging out in. Because if I'm in this studio and if you, if I spun the camera around, there's stacks of books and cameras and lights and all this stuff, and it's distracting. But if you go to a new location, it's a blank slate. So I I tend to see that now. Driving up there and back. When you're just doing this, this is driving, Lisa. By the way, in case you're wondering. Uh, When you're driving, you know your part of your brain is you know focused on uh, being safe and driving, but the other section of your brain is free to just dance around. And I'm getting to a point. I trust Um, those moments. Sometimes a line will come out of nowhere, and I would. I think the reason I'm telling you this is because I wonder if that sometimes happens to you. A line will come out of nowhere, and like um, you know, oh yeah, Frankie walked to work and uh, enjoying she she wasn't aware that that was going to be the day that she would die right so something like that just as innocuous and free as that and sometimes that's the very best thing and you're like oh you're scrolling to write it down because like does it get any better does that make any sense
1: yeah no absolutely and i think you know you're a writer too and and I think we all have these little moments when we get little little gems um which we have to hold tightly in our hands because there's other times you know where it's it's a real slog and and you're (laughs) drafting and drafting and feeling around in the dark because I I mean I I'm terrible as a writer I don't um I don't plot I don't sit down and map out all the scenes and things and so um for me there is quite a lot of writing which is Feeling around in the dark, Um, and and that can sometimes be a lengthy process. It's maybe not the 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 quickest way to write a novel.
0: So you don't do any kind of outline whatsoever. You just kind of go, hmm, bang.
1: I have a a rough outline, but I think it's because I'm just um, I'm impatient. And I, I like writing. I don't like um, sitting down planning things. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, also, I think I I, I'm, I very much um, focus on my characters. So I. I I think it was F Scott Fitzgerald said plot is character, character is plot and um, have faith (laughs) that he was right. But I think, I think that's so true. Like for me, the characters are very, very important. Um, I know them well. And I I think if I, if I really do know them, I can follow them through the story in a sort of um, natural, organic way. Of course. Yeah, I do. I do do a little rough, rough plan, but I, I do go off on tangents, and um, things do happen which surprise me. In in all the n- novels I've written, there's been something which has um, you know almost happened that I didn't see coming, which I enjoy, and that's like a a real high point when you're writing a book. But there's the the opposite, and people who who carefully plan their books, I think, don't have these kind of brick walls, you know, where you're you're writing, you haven't thought it through, and you're just writing, and then it. It, it ends up being words that you you cut out and and you have to redraft.
0: It's so funny. Uh, I've been doing this show for a little over a year and I if I was going to just pull a number out of the air and say plotters versus pantsers and I don't know you know what that phrase is. I would say it's somewhere between 50-50 and maybe 60-40. 60 meaning plotters that that really enjoy the outline process. I'm kind of with you. I like to be surprised. Now I got to have, I got to have an idea. Like if you're going to take a trip, you know, that the trip is there's the destination. So you got a pretty good idea how to get there. But if you want to get there faster or more smoothly or avoid road closures, you're going to take a map, et cetera. Right. But So much of the joy is just, if you go, okay, I know kind of where I'm going to end and I, oh, I've got this character and I've got this character, then so much of the joy is in that discovery, isn't it?
1: Yeah, very much so. I mean, that's, that's, that's what I enjoy in it. And I like when they start to run away and become real and and interact with each other, that almost in a way you didn't seem see coming, which is just a, a real joy.
0: And on that same point, have you ever done this? Have you been you're going in this direction? And you go, oh, yeah, I got this covered. I know what they're good. And then you have an idea and you're like, oh, w- wait a minute. What if we go down this path?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think um, there there was a, a moment in this book, the innocent one, where where that did happen, I've got to be careful how I talk about it because it's a bit of a bit of a spoiler. Um, but yes, that's um, that that has happened to me as well. When I think, yeah, this is the end point that I'm going towards, and then you reach a point in the story, that you, you think, oh, um, I think it would be really interesting if we reveal this now rather than at the end, and it kind of turns it on its head. So it's not it's not um, it's not that sort of who done it that you maybe thought it was right. but it's revealing something early that allows the reader then to begin to examine why that's been revealed so early and 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 um, what is telling them about the story and and um what they think is going on
0: yeah and for those of uh of my listeners who sometimes catch themselves pulling a Billy Crystal moment, I'll call it. That I can't recall the love story. I want to say Harry met Sally when he would jump to the end to find out what the end was. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that?
1: Was Am that I quoting the ra- I don't. I don't think it will sound. Oh no
0: no no! Uh, what was it with? Uh, I
1: mean, Harry then- met Sally's always kind of you know it prefaced with them as older people, isn't it? Remember, it starts off with all the old, yeah. the old yeah. couples, yeah. and then it goes back to the beginning to tell the story. Yeah.
0: Point being, don't jump to the end of this book. That's what I'm trying to get. All right. I don't like, uh, I'm not a fan of asking where ideas come from because I find it so, well, besides boring, so ridiculous. But I do like to find out writers' particular motivation or a motivating factor that comes into the play because i'm a student of life and a student of a craftsman like yourself so mm-hmm. as you begin crafting the story you know again not where the ideas come from but are there particular motivations or motivating factors could it you know it could be a little bit of an influence of a, a news headline or that you would turn on its head or something like that does that make sense
1: yeah sure um so, I mean, I, I studied psychology. So, I think like my influencing um, factors is always, as we were saying, that trying to unpick and understand people. And um, particularly when I was writing this novel. Um, right back at the beginning of the story when um, Sebastian was on trial for murder and Daniel was representing him, they were still just ideas in my head at that point. But the newspapers in the UK were filled with stories of two little boys from Sunderland who had um, nearly murdered another couple of children. Um, It it was a a horrible crime and the the newspapers at the time were vociferous and they were invoking other children who had killed. Um, We all know um, some of the the famous ones in the UK. And um, I think it was during that time when I was reading about these different stories that these characters were in my head and I really got the idea for almost making the two characters, the lawyer and client, as, as little mm, inversions of each other to juxtapose them so that one story throws the other into the into relief. So that we find out that there are two stories running through um, the book, which is really about the lawyer and his childhood in care, in foster care, struggling with, his, um, with, his, um, lo- with the loss of his mother. And how he was, as a child, a very violent little boy, but the love of his foster mother managed to turn him around. Juxtaposed with the little boy on trial for murder, who was experiencing similar, similar abuse um, in his childhood home that perhaps drove him to potentially commit this terrible crime. So I think it was it was those headlines at the time which really started to fuse that story in my mind.
0: That makes so much sense. And if it's not too personal, do you have children of your own? I don't know. Okay. I was going to say, then uh, I was, I think I could probably make the argument on either side. If you don't, then you're always searching to find out what it would be like, especially and and how harrowing harrowing this would be. Conversely, if you did have children, then you would be writing with an uh, inside knowledge and then can only fathom what that would be like. So, but-
1: yeah, yeah but I think we all have um, the experience of being a child. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it was really important for me in this book, in The Innocent One, um, that Daniel not only had to deal with Sebastian, the client, and was was diff, um, struggling with his own marital problems, but also that he was a, a father, you know, a, a father of a, a, a young eight-year-old boy, so that he could sort of see these problems that he'd been wrestling with all his life um, from a different perspective, from the from the, the perspective of a parent and someone who was was actually responsible for for shaping this young child's life.
0: Let's take a short break, and when we come back. How dark will Lisa go? Stay with us. Your host, David Temple here. Hey, before we get back to the show, I thought I would throw in this one quick note. I have had authors approach me who want to actually advertise on the show. And I'm like, that's cool. I love that idea. I mean, think about it. We feature the best thriller writers in the world. You're one of the new up and coming thriller writers in the world to be. And you have a book coming out. Our rates are super reasonable, (laughs) we're easy to work with, as you know, and we all want to work together to make success for all of us. Just reach out to us here at The Thriller Zone at thethrillerzone at gmail.com. Let's talk rates, let's talk details, let's do something together in the new year. I think you'll like it. Now, back to the show.
1: And now, back to the show.
0: Do you, and I'm going to refer back, because this popped into my head, I'm going to refer back to a comment you made earlier about darkness. And do you ever find yourself leaning over and staring into the dark abyss of humanity and asking yourself, um, and I hope this isn't really crazy, but, and asking yourself if you can go darker,
1: No, I don't. (laughs) Well, first of all, I was like, I don't think I'm a very dark person in my my day to day. um, But um, certainly, some of the 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 books that I've written so far, I find I really they they are heavy, heavy subjects, and often people are surprised. You know, when I go to events and I'm I maybe reasonably bubbly and uh, <laughs> and lighthearted <laughs> and um they they don't um they don't necessarily equate that with someone who had had written these books but I think I I'm 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 never motivated by trying to shock or sensationalize I'm never thinking oh I want to think of something really dark and grisly to write about that's never never the case Almost yeah. um, always it begins with um characters and um, often they're in situations which are real-life situations that, you know, we have we have witnessed um, recently. And I'm just really trying to unpick and understand those situations. So, for example, Little Liar, that was about um, sexual assault. And, um, you know, that whole thing about sort of sex and power in society, it was always in the wake of the, the Me Too movement. And then we have... Um, this novel here, which is really about child-on-child murder and childhood violence and the reasons for it. And, yes, these are very dark, difficult subjects, but um, I'm, I'm interested in understanding them rather than, you know, seeking something that is dark and difficult just for its own sake.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm probably the opposite. I like the dark stuff. And I, <laughs> uh, my, my wife will turn to me sometimes and I'll come... Uh, an idea came to me recently and and, uh, and I shared it with her and she went, and I'm married to you. That's I, I need to maybe I should sleep with one foot on the floor. <laughs> Here's my uh, an idea that I was thinking as you were talking about that as I was researching you and I'm looking at your pictures and I'm reading the press on you and I'm like, this is a delightful, sweet, charming young lady. And then you read the darkness and the heaviness. And so, yeah, to your point, I can imagine people going to your book signings and going, oh, you're rather lovely.
1: Instead of- <laughs> but I think it is true. You know, you've got the... Um, you've got Scandi Noir. And then in Scotland, where, where, where I live, they, they call it Tartan Noir. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in in all of these places, you know, like the, the north of the UK in Scotland and in Scandinavia, you know, we do spend like it is right this moment. Um, a lot of the, the winter in darkness, you know, it gets dark at sort of three, four o'clock in the afternoon. And um, so, I don't know if it's if it is this sort of geographical misery, which brings out some of the, the darkness and the stories um, from from this region of the world.
0: I can see it now on the on the next headline of your book. Uh, this subject matter is due to geographical misery. Be <laughs> <warned."> <laughs> <laughs> if you're afraid of the dark, you know, anyway, well, um, the the book is delightful. The characters are real. The ambiance, as I said, was uh, is poetic and literary. I mean, it's a it's a fun read. It's very enjoyable, and I love getting to know the fact that you in this interview that you're uh, a, a student of psych- psychology because it makes so much sense now the way that you see the way the mind works in the story, and I've always been fascinated by that, and I think that. I would almost challenge writers to spend some time reading books on psychology and if you were in school to take a minor in psychology because there would be such a depth and texture and uh, additional knowledge that would come to you that would really help flavor and color the characters and the stories.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I've always been interested in um, developmental psychology in particular, you know, which is that sort of how a child becomes an adult and what influences um, we experience in childhood um, inform the kind of adults that we will become. So that's always been my, my sort of driving interest in that area. And I think that definitely comes out in in my books cuz again and again i'm returning to that theme of of nature nurture and and how that um affects the characters
0: well would you like to wrap the show in a little more lightness in a little episode i call rapid fire questions it's just easy light and fun okay really super easy so when you're writing do you prefer a quiet library or a noisy cafe
1: quiet library with some oh music.
0: <laughs> well, you, you can't jump because the next one is for stimulate or for inspiration. Do you like silence or music?
1: Classical music.
0: Classical music, of course. Okay, so you wouldn't put on uh, Friday the Thirteenth movie soundtrack. <laughs> She's shaking her head. No. <laughs> no,
1: oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah,
0: for stimulation, coffee or tea?
1: Uh, tea.
0: You said that with a hesitation. Yes.
1: Well, because I always always have coffee first thing in the morning, but for mm-hmm. writing, green tea, yeah, yeah. which is, still has quite a big hit of caffeine in it, so it's still stimulating.
0: Right, stimulating and healthier too. <laughs> okay. So if you take road trips, I'm a big road trip fan. My wife and I do it a lot. So what is your preferred genre of music? Like you're just going to roll the windows down and roll through, town after town
1: oh wow i mean probably something nice and sing-along cheesy so either some sort of 90s rock or even some country or something like that
0: you and country really or name one country artist you like
1: well kenny rogers maybe
0: okay okay
1: (laughs) just on a road trip though in no other situation yeah just because you need to have something you can sing along to
0: Sure. And Abba, maybe Abba. Abba. Uh, no,
1: no, uh, no. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like
0: Abba. No, okay. And last, if you're going to if you're going to disappear to a retreat to write, would it be more preferable to scoot away to a secure uh, secluded mountain cabin or a busy oceanfront?
1: Well, definitely the ocean, it's a combination of the two, because um, we've got a little family caravan by the sea that I escaped to to write. So it would be the cabin by the sea rather than the busy ocean front. So it would be a, a, a sort of seaside retreat. A
0: seaside retreat. Now I am thoroughly jealous. <laughs> and is it, and it's secluded? So you when you yeah. go there, yeah, oh my goodness, you are...
1: Yeah. Little caravan. I think uh, you could. You don't call them caravans. What do you call them? Um, you call bungalow? them bungalow. Tra- yeah, tra- I think you call them trailers or Winnebagos or something. Like oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So do, can you drive it?
1: No, no. Okay. It's Just just a little little miniature cabin. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, it would be a single wide or a double wide a trailer.
1: Yeah. Yeah, just right on the right on the seashore, so you can you can actually see the waves moving and. <sighs> I've written. I've written most of my books up there, not all the entire book, but for for some of the time. Um, and I love. I love the water. I think the water really works with writing.
0: Same here. Wait a minute. What's your sign?
1: I am a Leo. Fire. Oh, okay. Are okay. you a water sign?
0: I am Aquarian.
1: Okay, so you're you're an air sign.
0: Yes, and I like water, so I get energized by water, like yourself. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, if you'd like to find out your horoscope, no, I'm kidding. (laughs) 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 To learn more about Lisa, go to lisaballantyne.com. It'll be down on the screen. And of course, you can follow her on social media as I do. And uh, this has really been delightful. And I thank you so much for putting up with a little bit of complications of pulling this together, but it's been a lot of fun.
1: It's been so much fun. Thank you so much for having me on your your wonderful show, and um, all the best for your own writing as well.
0: Well, that's very kind of you. Thank you. And and I I would be remiss if I did not ask. And I know we want to make sure that we are talking about the current book, the innocent one. But I have a note when that book actually dropped.
1: So it dropped November first.
0: That's it. Okay.
1: Pegasus and um, books in the US.
0: Awesome. Well, I wish you huge success.
1: Thank you so much for having me on the show. I've had a great time. It's terrible that I came up with the phrase geographic misery.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm going to be...
1: stolen, is it?
0: <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to be stealing that one. And what was the other one I'm going to steal?
1: Uh, why done it?
0: Yeah, why done it? I love that. So good. All yeah. right. Take care now.
1: Thanks so much.
0: Thanks again to Lisa Ballantyne and her latest psychological thriller, The Innocent One. And is it so innocent? hey come out next thursday folks uh this gentleman philip fracassi look at the size of this thing Ooh, baby i i could use this at the gym a child alone with strangers look out stephen king you got some competition here this thing is amazing it's going to take a little bit of time to read it clocking in close to 600 pages but let me tell you something we're going to cram every single solitary minute into that hour when philip fracassi joins us on the Thriller Zone next week. Quick little reminder before I go, I wanna say thank you so much for your kind comments on both, uh, let's see, Twitter, we've got them on uh, Apple Podcast. we've got them on Google Podcasts, your your comments are so welcome youtube our subscription is growing and we couldn't do it without you so please do us a favor stop on by the youtube channel youtube.com slash the or you can go to our website that's the easiest thethrillerzone.com there you can listen you can watch you can drop us an email you can drop us a voicemail right there easily
1: hey david we love your show
0: you'll see a little microphone record it, and we'll add it to uh, our our social feed or play it on the next show. Either way, we thank you so much for being a part of our audience. I'm David Temple, your host. I'm out of here. Got some reading to do, and I'll see you next time for another exciting edition of The Thriller Zone. (laughs)